are in week two of our prototype series. If you guys were not here last week, we started a new series, um, and it's, it's entitled Prototype. Now, I'll, just to kind of give you a little bit of a recap, obviously, a prototype is what? It's it's the beginning of something. It's um, it, it's an original design, but maybe it's not completely finished, right? It, it's it's something that maybe when they first started, they had a great idea and and they wanted to sort of start with it, and they start putting it together, but it's the first part of it. And how, how many of you guys know, again, that the early church was the prototype? Amen? And there's a lot of things that the early church did that we need to get back to, thousand percent. But the reality is, is that even though that they were the prototype of what, of what church should have been, they were not the finished design. You're, God's not finished with you yet. God's still doing something inside of you. Amen? Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing. So if God is still doing something inside of you, and if he's not done with you yet, everybody go, you, you feel that? That means he's not done. He's still doing something. Then... We, we're going to look at this prototype church, and then we're going to question ourselves to where we're at. This week, title of the sermon is Increase. You have your Bibles this morning. We are going to continue in the book of 1 Thessalonians. We're going to be in chapter 3. We should have it on the screen, but if you have your Bibles, I, I encourage you all to follow along. We're going to be reading verses 11 through 13. If you can, able and willing, would you stand for the reading of the word, please? Yes. Man, you all look so good this morning. Amen. Everybody there say amen. amen. All right. Verse, verse 11. Now, may our God and Father himself and Jesus, our Lord, direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another, for all people, just as we also do for you, so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Let's pray. God, thank you today for your word. God, thank you that... God, thank you that your word still speaks to us. I just... I, it's a prayer that I, I say all the time to you, Lord, but sometimes I just can't get over it that God, this word that was inspired so long ago, it still holds so many truths for us today. Father, I pray, God, as we look into your word, God, that it would, it would give us, like, revelation, Lord. It would, it would jump off the page. It would jump, jump into our hearts and, and change our minds about, Lord, who you've called us to be, who we are. Lord, that you would, you would that, that, Lord, the light of your word would, would, would find the deepest recess of our hearts and our, 
and our souls, God, and it would light up every last little bit of it, Lord. And Lord, if we would see anything, anything, God, that doesn't look like you, Lord, we would be, we'd be so willing to just subject it at the, and just lay it at the foot of your cross. And Lord, we would trust that you would, that you would do something inside of our hearts, God, that you would move in a real way today. God, that you, we would look more like you when we leave this place and when we, when we left. God, that we would be more filled with your Holy Spirit when we, walk, when we leave than when we, leave, when we came in here. Father, I confess to you, Lord, I, I need you, Lord, right now. So, Lord, I pray, God, that you would hide me behind your cross. Lord, that you would speak to me and, Lord, that my ears would... God, be so in tune to your Holy Spirit and your voice and whatever it is you would have your people hear. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. We love you and praise you in the name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen. Increase. Now listen, when I, when I think of increase, I'll, I'll be honest with you, the, the, this is sad. The very first thing I thought about increase is I've been asking my boss for a raise for about a year now, and I still ain't got it. Um, everybody likes a little bit of an increase in, in things, right? Sometimes, unless it's more pressure or <laughs> more responsibility. <laughs> my, my, my son wants an increase sometimes until I was like, well, you can have all that, but I need you to start doing this, this, and this. And he's like, eh kind of like it the way I had it before, <laughs> you know? I mean, we, but the thing is, we, we, we need to increase. See, God didn't bring you this far to leave you where you're at. Amen? Come on. Come on, y'all. Got to participate a little bit with me. Amen here. Yeah, it's just the truth. God didn't bring us this far to, now, we're going to go through the scripture just a little bit, and I'll kind of, I want to hit on a couple spots here. Um, Verse 11 reads, reads like this. Says, now may God our Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. Now this is Paul praying, obviously. He, he's praying, he, he's writing a prayer to, to these people. And, and I want you to first get this right real quick. This is not the main point of this sermon, but we're just, I want to kind of hit where we're at. Paul is beginning to pray. First, I want you to see the attributes of who he's praying to, Okay. Because this is important for the end of this message. He's praying to who? God the Father. Sometimes I think when we think about God, we instantly think of this cosmic being that's up in space, up in the sky, that, that really we can't relate to. That really doesn't... He, he's, but the reality is, is that God has this attribute as our Father. He's our Heavenly Father. He's our, he's our spiritual Father. And He cares about you he cares about the what you're going through, and you're coming to him. Once you, have, once you have accepted him as your Lord and Savior, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, you are adopted into the kingdom. I don't know if you realize this. You may have walked in here knowing this. You may not have. But you are royalty. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, I'm, a, I'm royalty. I'm kind of important. I don't know if you know it or not. But I, I'm, listen, I'm a son of the king of kings. Did you all know that? And, and you should walk like that. 
You should walk into the room knowing that, that the atmosphere should shift in your favor because you are a son or daughter of the king of kings. And, and Paul begins to pray. He says, he says, he, he, he says, look, I'm praying to God, our father. And, and, and then there's this other attribute. He says, he says, look, he says, and Jesus, our Lord. Now, regardless of God, our father, maybe he maybe he, he you, you know, he has this attribute as our father. But Jesus came to earth. He lived. He died. But in that living, we forget that in that living, he suffered. He was tempted. He, he, he knew what it felt like to physically love his own mother, his own brothers. He, you know what I'm saying? He can relate to you. When we go to God in prayer, you've got to understand that. It's important to, to really get this idea that he's our father. But Jesus came and experienced every last emotion that you might be going through right now. He came and experienced every last emotion that you might, that you might be experiencing when, when you're in the, the, in the worst possible time of your life, when you're praying for, for, for healing. This week, <laughs> y'all follow me on Facebook or my wife on Facebook, you, you would have seen, I, I had a a little scared this week. I bought this new mower. It's pretty cool. It's a bad boy. I don't know. I like it. Um, but if you look at a bad boy mower, they do not come with lights on them, by the way. And and this guy right here, I'm, I'm not always going to mow when it's 100 degrees outside, okay? I don't care to mow in the dark. I really don't. <laughs> but there's no lights on, on a bad boy mower. My beautiful, wonderful, loving wife. She said, honey, she said, you've got this mower. I'm going to buy you the light kit that comes with it. Cool. Me trying to be the, I was trying to be a good husband. She, she bought me a gift, and I want to put use to it. I mean, I, now, <laughs> here's the bad part, right? They said, hey, for like 40 bucks, we'll put these things on. I'm like, I can do that. No problem. <laughs> and, I, and I can. I can. I should have just done it a little bit safer. You'll figure that out in a minute. And so I get done mowing Tuesday, and she's gone to a Bible study down in Bergsville, and, and I'm like, well, she's gone. You know, I, I ain't got really anything to do, so I pull the mower into the garage, and then I start installing this light kit. Well, to install this light kit, you have to drill into the frame of the mower. I mean, those are big, heavy-duty steel frame mowers, and so you can kind of imagine where this is going. Um, I didn't jack it up at all because, I mean, I got a nice garage I can just lay down on. It's no big deal. So I'm laying down and I'm looking up and I drill the first couple holes, get the first light mounted, no problem. I hit that third hole. A piece of metal. Uh, pieces, yeah. Really one, one of them that really got me though. Come off of, well, a piece of steel. I'm flying. I can still see it. Like I've got this vivid, vivid memory of that thing coming at me, and I just couldn't move out of the way fast enough. Pierced the center of my eye. I mean, dead center. I was telling them outside that the eye doctor told me that 
that if I was playing darts, I won because I hit the bullseye. He said, but you're not playing darts. It means you lost. He said it was the worst possible place that you could have hit your eye. Absolute worst. And I will be transparent with you all for a minute. I couldn't see good out of my eye at all when it happened. I was in a lot of pain. A lot. Eye pain's terrible. Eye pain, tooth pain, ear pain. There it's all some of the worst pains you'll go through if you ever have to really deal with them. And I washed my eyes out, all that stuff, and and I'm, I'm I want to lie to you all. A little bit of fear set in because this thought started hitting me like I may never see right ever again. Because I could look in the mirror and I could see where my pupil was supposed to be and all I could see was a grayed out spot. And I remember I called my wife and she didn't answer. <laughs> no, she, it wasn't her fault. Her phone was dead. So I called my mom who was with her and, and I said, and, uh, I said, I need to go to the hospital, like now. I've got something in my eye. I can't see good. It hurts. And I remember she called. She looked. She she looked at me and she said, she said, Nick, it's okay. Calm down. God's got this. Just pray. And you know, and it's how many all how many all know like when you're when you're kind of fearful and you're going through pain, it's kind of hard to just stop and pray right then. You know what I mean? But I started to try to pray anyway, and I started praying. And, and listen, I, if you don't do this, I, I'd recommend you do this. I, I've got, like, this whole giant, like, list of, like, I could listen to worship music for days, and my list would probably never run out. But I've got this one list on, on, my, on there. You can get on YouTube, and it's called, like, Abiding in God's Promises. It's this guy, the guy or girl, there's three or four videos that I've got on there. And it just sits there, and it's... And they just start praying God's promises over you. I go to sleep to it sometimes. And I press play and I just start listening to that. And even during all of that, I'm, I'm not going to, like, there's a peace that kind of come over me as I start listening to God's promises over me. And I, and I was reminded, I was just reminded that, man, Jesus went through so much worse Every last fear, every little thing that I, every all the pain, God went through worse. And it, it, my point is this: is that Jesus, when you pray to Jesus, you pray to God, our Father. You have a Father who cares about you, but you have, you have a God who understands. Now I want to stand here today and tell you, praise God, that I'm not blind, that my vision's almost hundred percent restored. And so I would say to, to you too, thank you if, you if you joined us in prayer because I, I, I felt them. I believe it wholeheartedly. The next day I woke up and I, um, the pain was gone. I did not go to bed without the pain gone, but I went to woke up without the pain gone, without the pain there. <laughs> but I, 
And I, I can tell you too that because of the hope I had in Jesus, I could look at that nurse and be like, I'm okay, God's got this. I wonder, though, what our faith would be like if we didn't have, if we didn't know Jesus. You know what I mean? He came. He suffered. He he lived. He he was tempted. He he was hungry. He was he was satisfied. He was happy. He laughed. He, he every emotion, everything that you went through. We need to know that when we pray, we have a Lord that understands us. Verse 12 reads like this. He says, And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound for one another, and abound in love for one another, and for all people, just as we also do for you. Now, this is where we're going to rest at for just a little bit, okay? Well, remember, again, we're talking about the prototype of a church so that we need, to, we, we need to get back to some of the things, but we also need to do better than even they did. Or let me, say, let me say it a different way. We need to get back to what they did, and if we're not doing better than they did, we need to at least get to that point. How about that? We need to get to a place where we become known for, for this very thing right here because you're going to see this, this principle right here. This is what... Christianity is really based on. He says, I want you, I, he says, I want you to take notice. He says, he says, he doesn't just want you to love, but he wants you to increase and abound in love. Now the word increase, it's, it's a Greek word, pleonasia. It means to abound. It means to multiply over and over. So he doesn't just want you to increase. He wants it just to be multiplied. Hey, how much do you love right now? Well, you need to times that by infinity. How about we start at least, in, in, at least by two? However much you love right now, you need to be loving more, at least double that right now. And we need to, that needs to continue to increase. And then there's this other Greek word, he says, to abound. It means to just excel, to overflow. If we could learn to love in such a way that it increases with us by, by multiplication that we're constantly excelling, we're constantly overflowing. No matter how much you love, you can't contain the amount of love that's inside of you. That's the point. The kind of love that's inside of you, you're not supposed to be able to contain it. It's not, I've said this, I've said this in here before and I'll say it again. God did not save you for you. He did it. God saved you. He loves you. But it's so that you come into the kingdom and you become an ambassador of his kingdom and you spread his good news. You spread his love. And, and he says right here, he says, I'm praying, I'm praying to God that that you would increase in that love. And by, and by the way, I want you to get this too. It's not that they weren't loving. 
This is not saying, hey, you're a bunch of terrible people that you're, you're, you're not loving at all. But it's a, you need to increase in your love. And, and, and first he says this, he says, I want you to increase and abound for love for what? For one another. For one another. Look at the person next to you. Say, hey, I love you. Now, do you mean it? Do you really mean it? Can you look? And, and, and listen, I would ask you this. I'll, I'll be honest with you. And this is, could you look at everybody in the room and say the same thing? Can you look at everybody in the room and say the same thing? No matter, no matter what has ever happened in the past, you know what? I really love you. I love you, and I would do anything for you. Because it's not the kind of love that like we experience. This is an agape love. That word love is agape love. It means I'm going to give and never expect anything in return. I'm going to give myself away. I won't expect anything. I just want to love. I just love you and your family. I would do anything for you, whatever that might look like. I've said this over and over again, and, I, and you've got to get this to be, the, to be the church that God wants you to be. You've got to be comfortable in this place in such a way that you worship with freedom, you love with freedom, you speak with freedom, you do everything in here with such a freedom because the reality is, is that if you cannot be free in here to worship God, then you will never do it when you go out there. You won't do it when you're, when you're at work. You won't do it when you're at school. And you've got to love one another. And can I tell you too, your love for one another is also what allows your love to overflow. Because there's a source of love that it's not you. Although you giving away Jesus might be the source of somebody else receiving God's love. Amen? Kind of cool. You get, to be, you get to take part in being the source of God's love to somebody else. But then, can I tell you something? It can't stop here. You can't just love the people in here. It's not enough. If you only love the people in here and do nothing more than that, give it a few generations and this church will no longer exist. That's the truth. I don't, it's sad, I've seen it happen. I've seen some churches that were once thriving churches a long time ago, and you start talking to them, and they've not reached anyone outside their family in 30, 40 years, and, and they've dwindled down from, I don't know, 100 to 10 people. Because they've never learned to love outside. Paul goes on to say, he says, and for all people, 
just as we do you. You see, they loved them in such a way that they were willing to travel. They were willing to, they were willing to be persecuted. They were willing to go through, through terrible beatings and afflictions and everything else just so they could reach them for the gospel. And when, you, and when you start talking about all people, I mean, there becomes this, this list of things that it's like, oh, man, that sounds really uncomfortable. Because now I've got to love the unattractive. I've got to love the orphan, the sick, the hateful, the enemy, the murderer, the unclean, the homeless, the prisoner, the diseased, the spiteful, the oppressor, the poor, unclothed, the widow, the winner, the sinner, the opponent, the dictator, maybe even the president you don't like. You've got to love them anyway. That's hard. I mean, how can you love the unlovable? Right? I mean, how do you love your enemy? It's impossible. Unless you know where that source of love comes from. See, he says that if we were to read this, like the, the, the Greek words, he says, I, I, I want you to abound in agape. I mean, you see, the Greeks had like six different words for love. The Greek language did. And the kind of love, the human, the humanized version of love that we have, it's different than agape love. You can't just do agape love on your own. You can't. It becomes impossible. But it becomes, but, but what we see is that it's a mandate for, for it's, it's essential in our walk to have this agape love. And you cannot do it unless you know who the source is. It cannot be the church that reaches this community without agape love. You guys want to reach this community, amen? I want to, if I don't see it while I'm here, I want to hear about it later. I want to hear about how you guys are having to build because you don't have enough room anymore. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear about how how other churches are starting to talk about, man, I don't know what they're doing different at Summersville, but suddenly at Summersville, there, there's, there, there's a growth in, 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 that, in that church unlike they've ever seen because it's possible. <laughs> I've seen it. You love people and don't expect anything else in return. I'm telling you, it will make eternal differences in people. I know because I, it made an eternal difference in me. 
I was loved into the kingdom. And we, we can learn to love like that, but we cannot do it if we don't understand the source of all that love. And if you ever get to where you can love like that, you get why he wants you to be loved like that. It's because so you can be established. See, he begins to define holiness here. And we, we, I don't find it any accident that you picked a bunch of songs about holiness today. I sat there listening to that. I was like, I was like okay, Lord, I hear you. <laughs> you know? We get to verse 13. He says, so that he may establish your hearts without blame and holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all the saints. Okay, I'm a... I'm a here, here's where we are. First, you've got to understand who you're praying to, right? Amen? Y'all get that? Secondly, we've got to figure out that we cannot just be where we are and be okay and be content. You will become stagnant. You've got to increase. And, you, and that increase, again, it's by multiples. And then you're going, to, you're going to excel and you're going to overflow. But then you will be established in your heart. And what we've... That word heart, that's not like we think about today. It's not your heart. It's your whole body. So your whole body is established. So everything, your, your, your whole body, your physical, your spiritual, your soul, and your mind are established without blame. And holiness... And, and, and we say holiness, but how about we start saying in wholeness, in wholeness with God. I want to be completely whole with God. And part of my prayer this morning, I meant it. Like we, we need to be praying, God, I wish if there's anything inside of me, I would just look into the deepest crevices of my heart and light it up and make me aware of something inside of me that doesn't look like you. And whatever that is, I will set it at the foot of your cross. And the last thing is this. Be this prototype church. We have got to live like Jesus is coming back. He says, before our God and Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus. Jesus is coming back, y'all. And, and I can tell you most of the time we don't live like that, but we can start living like that today. We can start saying, you know what, God? I admit I haven't been living the way that I should live. I haven't been, I've not been praying to you the way that I should be praying to you because I haven't had all the confidence that I should have. I haven't really expected much out of, uh, out of my prayers because, well, Lord, I don't really know you that well. But the reality, but you can come to know Jesus in such a real intimate way. You know that he knows you. You know that you know him. You know that he's been through all the things you've been through and you can have confidence that, He's your dad, and he cares, and he'll, he'll give you this superpower, this superpower to love, 
to love people around you, to love people that, that aren't even around you, love outside of these four walls in a real way and just be so filled up with God's love that it's overflowing that you can't contain it. And when you get to that point, you'll figure out what holiness really is. Because if God is love and God is holy, then don't we need to abound and increase in God's love? could just and then God I don't say we get to this place where we just say God I don't I don't want to live like this tomorrow because you might come back today 